0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Fiends Podcast, episode number five. I'm Larry, this is Nick, and we are one half of the band ACDC. <laughs> I wish. We, we we are one half of the band Coheed and Cambria.
1: Good eye, Sniper
0: remember when we saw them they were
1: they're were a good fucking band They're pretty good yeah
0: um we are very excited because we have our first official guest of the podcast john medrano of the band pulses john what is up man
2: what's going on fellas happy to be here thank you for for letting me be a part of this uh of the new fiends podcast definitely an honor and uh much appreciated boys
0: Thank you, you. got it man thanks for stopping thank by if this is your first time listening Make sure to follow us on social media. That's Facebook.com slash The Fiends Podcast. Instagram at The Fiends Podcast. And on our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Fiends TX. I don't know if you ever saw this, and I tried looking for it today, but uh, on one of our YouTube videos, somebody put a comment that said, "Like, uh, I was looking for Florida band Fiends. They are a much better band. <laughs> they were so disappointed that, like, they got the wrong fiends. Actually, I've had friends that have uh, gone to, like, purchase our songs, and they end up buying, like, the, the wrong fiends. Mm-hmm. They bought from Florida band fiends. But that
1: band doesn't even, like, like. I think I heard that band, and like they, they're very professional, they sound good, but they're not a band that I would, like, think that they would call themselves fiends.
0: No, it really doesn't match, like, the, the aesthetic or, like, just even the genre, to be honest.
1: But, I mean, to each his own, I'm happy for them. They're doing well. So,
0: we are, like, the less critically acclaimed fiends. We are, like, the second most popular fiends.
1: But that's, that's, that's okay. Right? Yeah, I don't care.
0: So, if you've ever purchased uh, a single from that band, you actually owe us uh, 0.00437 per stream.
1: There we go. Pay pay up, you fucks.
0: John, so we like to do uh, a segment called Hidden Gems, and that's where we take a look at maybe an album or a band that was a little underappreciated. Maybe more people should know about them. Nick,
1: do you have a hidden gem this week? I do, and um, I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while because... I mean, for both you guys, like, when you think of, like, San Antonio metal bands, like, what's the first band that pops to your head? Pond of Burning Body. Pond of Burning Body. John, would you agree?
2: I would agree so, yeah.
1: So, I grew up in a time and era when... (laughs) Well, actually, I do agree with you guys. But uh, the first band that pops to my head when I think of, like, San Antonio metal or, or hard rock is a band that pretty much like had some modest success in the early 2000s and that band was called uh, the Union Underground and so i'm picking them and their album an education in rebellion this album came out in the year 2000 and basically it's a mixture of like power man 5000 with some of the uh heavier aspects of like stone temple pilots and even like a little bit hint of like Godsmack's early stuff. So it's one of those bands like you either love them or you hate them. But I remember watching these guys when I was younger. I actually saw them at Ozfest in 2001. And then I saw them uh, on a, a show in San Antonio on the same bill as Korn and Disturbed. And um, I, I just love this album. It's It's got a lot of groove on it and a lot of catchy choruses in my opinion. And I think the standout tracks to me are, there's the lead single, which is Turn Me On, Mr. Deadman, which was like blowing up the radio back in the day, if you remember listening to the radio back, you know, 2001, 2002. (laughs) But the best song on the album by far is South Texas Death Ride. That song goes hard. So I think uh, anybody who likes the, 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 the new metal stuff, and that may not have remembered or heard this band, I would go back and listen to this album.
0: I would say don't even listen to the album. Just listen to that one song alone, and it'll be worth
1: it. Oh, yeah. I, I just jam that song all the time. Um Apart from that, people might know them because they had the WWE Monday Night Raw theme song that, that across was the, the
0: nation. That was the intro theme from 2002 to 2005.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, that was a pretty big deal for them. Which is
0: funny because you don't even like that song.
1: No, I don't like that song at all. But that's my pick for the week. Um, I dig that album.
0: I dig that band. It, it's it's funny. We were talking about this earlier. Is um. Uh, <laughs> that band probably uh hasn't been on the radar for like maybe 15 to 20 years i mean that if we're being honest that was like their most notable album but the fact that they, they were from had, Santa-
1: they only had the one album
0: <laughs> well yeah that's why it's their most notable you're right it's their number one best album it's their best but also worst album yeah unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, so it's cool because I mean, when you think about, it, especially during that time, you know, if we go back twenty years ago, like there weren't a lot of Texas bands,
1: you know, representing. Of course, you know, Pantera—that's the—that's the big one. But apart like, from them, it was you know Union Underground kind of had some modest success, but then of course Drowning Pool blew up the same year. I mean, just think about it. Um, so. Union Underground and Drowning Pool were on the same Ozfest, and Drowning Pool was going on before Union Underground. I'll give you a third one, Un Loco. Un Loco, that's right. So so
0: you had three Texas bands, which was, like, that was a pretty pretty cool time, you know? Uh, Nowadays, I mean, you're probably hard-pressed to find, like, a, you know, big, Texas band. I mean, we talked about upon a burning body, but yeah, I don't really know too many. And even now, I you know, don't really like, know what they do. Sons doing.
1: of Texas has had a lot of success, but I don't know. I don't really know how to gauge Texas bands compared to how it used to be because back in the day, people would come out in droves to these shows when we were younger, and I don't really know what it's like nowadays. I mean, COVID aside, but South Texas metal living it up. That's all I got to say about that. So, mine is kind of uh,
0: Same time period Mine's actually a release from 2002 It's from the band Trust Company The album is called The Lonely Position of Neutral And this is this is a great album, man yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely not metal mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even call it hard rock It's somewhere in between That's probably a band that maybe Came too early Either came too early or too late I don't really know, because I feel like they could have been so much bigger because every single song on this album could have been a single.
1: Yeah, I, I think that band in particular had something going. Unfortunately, their sophomore album just didn't hit as hard as this one, and I think that's where they kind of fell off a little bit. You know, it's funny because I told you that I saw Union Underground with Corn and Disturbed in San Antonio. Trust Company was there at the same show. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think I think Trust Company went on right after Union Underground. So that's kind of cool. Wait, what year? What did this? That was two thousand two. Corn was on tour with the Pop Sucks tour, and what happened was I think San there's San Antonio radio station because you know I think they got the tour package, but then what radio stations do sometimes is also like get like a side stage or like add mm-hmm. more bands to the bill. So I think that's how Union under, I think Union Underground might have gotten on because of that reason, but they might they might have been a part of the tour package. I can't I can't recall. I, but yeah, Trust Company was no, awesome. but.
0: You're right. Like, they really did suffer from that sophomore album slump, like a lot of bands, and they just really couldn't follow up on the first one. And, you know, I wanted to, like, suggest, like, notable songs. But to be honest, like, every song on this album is a notable song. I mean, most people probably know the song Downfall. That was probably their most uh, commercially successful hit. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the song Falling Apart... I,
1: I've, I've told you that Falling Apart is probably my favorite song on the album. That's
0: yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. song. Uh, the Fear. That's the another Fear. great song, man. Yeah, the uh, whole
1: album is very good. Isn't there something song like Figure Six or Figure Eight? Figure
0: or, Eight. That's a good song. Uh, running Away From... me. Like, every single song is worth checking out. Uh, if, if you're kind of like in the middle where you don't really want to listen to something too heavy but not something too soft, I think this is the, just the band for you uh definitely worth checking out so that's my pick john what do you got this week so for me man I picked an album that's fairly new
2: uh, it's a couple years old so it, this album well the band's called Gunship
0: I, I was gonna say and, John it can't be your and... own band you can't pick your own band that's not, that's not a hidden gem
2: <laughs> right we're under. We're the most underrated band
0: Damn. nobody so, knows about us I, I I thought we were egotistical <laughs> shit you got us beat man I'm just kidding I'm, so, I'm kidding guys I'm kidding it's all good oh what's, what's the band Gunship so the band that's oh. called Gunship, bro. I love Gunship,
2: dude. They're amazing. So I found this album this uh, during the pandemic, actually, and uh, this album's called Dark All Day, and it came out in 2018. Mm. Like a, for anybody who hasn't listened to them, they're like a synthwave band. They're they're out of the UK. Um, Best album that I've run into this whole year, man. And it, and, it,
0: I, I, and not to cut you off, um, but I want to say one of their songs is featured on the soundtrack for the movie The Guest, which is a very oh. very great uh, soundtrack. I recommend that in and of itself. I'm sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, no that's all right. No need to apologize. <laughs> so it's um, our yeah, podcast. Th- we can do whatever we want. <laughs> but please, please go on.
2: So. Uh yeah, the album helped me out uh, throughout this pandemic, specifically the song uh When You Grow Up Your Heart Dies. And that's one of my favorite songs. I listen to that song every single day on my way to work, on the way back home. And mainly because it has such this really nostalgic releasing feeling when I when I listen to it. It just I don't know, it 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 has so many positive affirmations throughout that whole song that it just mm. it helps me get through my days. So I wanted to pick this album because anybody else out there who might be, you know, feeling the same thing, you know, put on this album and really listen to it because it's it's a really good album, you know, aside from like the 80s synth pop and all this sure. stuff that's involved in this genre, it's still a really good album. It's a really good piece of music. So definitely recommend it to anybody I- who... who- an i an open mind it.
1: I feel like you can't go wrong nowadays with synthwave because there's so many I mean, I'm not ai don't know a lot of artists um like but, but by name, but Larry shows me a lot of like synthwave bands or songs and I think he's probably showed me Gunship before. I'm pretty sure he has. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And pretty much most most synthwave bands I listen to are very very good. And they just they take you to another place, especially like when on a weekend when you're off and you just want to chill and just reflect. It's almost it's it's almost a a go to every time, and you're gonna get something out of it. So and you're you're gonna feel good, and you're gonna. Want to either chill or
0: party? Like I feel like it's good for it's good just for about every mood. Uh, this is another artist that uh, Trevor something. You should definitely check that if you like if you like gunship and stuff like that. Like you'll you'll enjoy that artist. uh John, I was gonna ask you something. Like, do you find yourself like gravitating towards listening to metal, or do you find yourself like listening to like other genres? Because that's that's how I am. Like in my spirit time, I don't want to listen to metal. I I want to play metal but like I don't necessarily want to listen to it the older I get. So like I gravitate more to like stuff like that, like the Synthway stuff or like the dream pop stuff.
2: I would say yes, man, I feel the exact same way. And I was literally thinking about that today because, uh, me personally, when I'm, when I'm going, you know, throughout my day, um, I'm listening to, you know, Zach Brown, maybe, uh, dudes like Shakewell or Fat Nick or dudes like, or Gunship, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm listening more to that kind of thing. Uh, throughout my daily stuff so today when i picked up jared who's a, the vocalist for Pulsus at the moment um you know we're listening to either breather uh, on, the, on the whole way over here uh to mercedes where i'm at right now and i mean th- the whole time i'm just thinking to myself i was like man when was the last time that i really felt <laughs> good listening to to metal because honestly man like sometimes like you said i'm just not in the mood maybe it's not the right time or the right place to listen to it. Right. I don't know, man. That's a good question. It's, it's very, it's very strange, but yeah, I guess the older I get, you know, I start, I I don't want to listen to, you know, metal all the time.
0: It's, it's, it's definitely an age thing. And, but also too, like the more you listen to metal, like the, the harder it is to be creative when you're writing your own songs, because like one of, one of uh, my biggest problems too, is like, I might think of, like, a cool riff or a cool, like, part for a Fiend song, and I'll be all about it. And then I realize, like, oh, that's somebody else's song
1: (laughs) that I just completely (laughs) ripped
0: off. So, like, I try my best not to listen to metal. That way I can kind of clear my head, and that way I know, like, whatever idea I come was was original to a certain extent. And, like, I wasn't just being uh inspired you know even if it's subconsciously by something else that i might have heard like earlier Mm -hmm. but yeah no those are three good picks and uh I, i i like his pick i like his pick better than yours nick
1: well i don't like you well
0: that's okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually throw to a pulse's song when can people expect like a new single to drop um,
2: in the next few months, uh, we're we're meeting up today with Exodian Studios, who's mixing and mastering and editing our our song. Uh, so we're hoping the turnaround on that is pretty fast, and we should be seeing some new music probably in January. I think.
1: Without giving anything away on this new track, is it pretty much stay pretty true to what Pulsus has been up to this point, or are there any newer things you are you're implementing? I mean, if you're trying to keep them secret, that's totally cool, but um, I'm just wondering if there's, uh, anything new that people might be able to expect that, you know, people who are familiar with your band.
2: Um, yeah, I would say expect more eight string, expect more, uh, open notes, expect less riffs. Um, just, you know, it's, it's very simplified now. It's not, uh, you know, I don't feel like I have to write, you know, a riff that has, you know, 10,000 notes in it because I feel like that's cool. I don't feel like I have to write that anymore. So uh I, I, this
0: new that is, is bro that is awesome i to have hear. a
1: huge smile on my face because that's kind of been our philosophy keep it simple make it count i'm i'm that, pretty I'm glad a, he I'm said a, that i'm man. excited that's because you know i love y'all stuff that y'all put out already and i love watching you guys Thank live you. to begin with so i'm even more excited now for the new stuff when it drops so dang that's pretty sick
0: very cool so we're gonna go ahead and listen to some pulses and we'll be back with more the fiends podcast the fiends podcast we're here with john medrano of the band pulses so we're going to talk pulses but uh what i wanted to talk about before that is john actually has his own podcast it's called the talking meds uh podcast and um how would you describe the talking meds podcast to somebody maybe listening to the first time talking meds is anything i think (laughs)
2: because <laughs> we've uh, we've had conversations ranging from anxiety depression um you know we've had mental health check-ins uh streams that we've done we have our cbd sundays podcast where we talk about cbd and the things that cbd can help you out with we've had guests who are cannabis activists on the show we've had um you know uh our friend um uh, and my my other guitarist manny has also been on the show and we talk about conspiracies and things like that. And we kind of talk, talk about a little bit of everything, but mostly what our purpose, I guess, behind everything is, is just to try to bring up conversations that, you know, aren't heard on your day to day basis. You know, you always get the, Hey, how's the weather? The weather's doing, you know, this and that, or, Oh, Hey, my son, Jimmy did this, you know, what did your son do? You know? And
0: and a lot of times, I don't care about your son. (laughs) I don't care about the weather. (laughs) Fuck the weather.
1: That's so cool Fuck that y'all weather. are doing that, man, because that's similar to what Larry and I kind of thought about when we did this too. And that's kind of how I've always been in, in general with people. Um, I've met just so many generic people in life. It's unreal. They, they, these are people who don't have any substance. I mean, they, they don't mm-hmm. know what they like. They're just very, very bland. You can't They can't hold a conversation for more than five minutes, and it's like... You're, there's nothing in I, I hate to sound rude but there's just nothing interesting about you like like forget it so these con- the conversations you all are having yeah, those sound freaking awesome that and, and god I'm, I'm Thank you. my hat goes off to you guys for doing that
0: and and um I've actually spoken to you about this like uh behind the scenes but one of the things that I really like about what you guys are doing is that yeah you're having these conversations that most people maybe are afraid to have or not everybody wants to open up the way you guys open up and what i really like about uh the show is that it's very much it's very chill like the the conversations you you all are having are very casual but in a way that makes me feel comfortable or makes people comfortable listening to it that way they do feel more inclined to open up about like certain things that maybe you know We normally wouldn't talk about like mental health or like uh, you did one on on self-doubt and that one actually um, is the one that caught my attention because as long as I've known you in, in the last few years of just playing together what I've noticed is like, one, you're probably one of the nicest people I've ever met in like the local music scene, but also like, you cannot take a compliment. (laughs) uh, That's, that's a good thing, because uh, that's how you maintain your, your humility, and you're very modest. And, um, but I imagine that's probably something that you struggle with in your personal life, because uh, you've, mentioned to me, you know, like imposter syndrome, like, is that something you can talk about, you know, just um, where that comes from? Yeah. Um. So the
2: whole self-doubt thing and, and imposter syndrome is something I deal with on a daily basis. Like it, it's very, I think at some point it just, you know, it might've started as just a way to keep myself from becoming, you know, this narcissistic, egotistical person mm-hmm. that I could have easily been. And we've all seen it. You know, we all see those people who who run around, you know, with the biggest head on their shoulders and they think, oh, me, 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 me. Or, or I am this, I am that. Um, and it's, you know, it's always... I've always struggled with people like that because I have never understood like why, like how people can think so highly of themselves sometimes, you know, because I've always had this struggle that, Hey, you know, dude, dude," like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sometimes I'll be writing riffs and I'm like, no, this is trash. This is trash. This is trash. But what happens is I tend to put, um, you know, I tend to look for validation in my peers Mm -hmm. and, which a lot of us do, and it's it's a healthy thing, right? Especially in music, you know, you kind of want to, you want your friends to like your music and stuff, but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And that's something I I learned uh, this year uh, um, from, you know, different friends in the music scene who say, yeah, man, you're, you know, we're, we're friends, we're friends, we're friends. But when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, well, you had an opportunity to include me in certain things, but that didn't happen. Uh, so moments like that is kind of what causes this, self-doubt going on in my head because it's it it comes down to to, you know i guess disappointment you know in certain Mm -hmm. things with in certain relationships with people uh which is fine it you know it happens all the time at this point it's something that i've kind of grown accustomed to and learned to deal with in my own manner um but yeah man the self-doubt and imposter syndrome thing is very very uh very hard for me to get over um, sometimes it could be a result of me not being productive
0: mm-hmm. Oh, for sure uh, that
2: 's another thing you know, um, i 'll be beating myself up, oh dude you 're not doing these things that you 're supposed to be doing that you say you love to do, but you know, when it comes down to it i 'm just like, you know i 'm not feeling it. Maybe I should just watch you know, Netflix or let me look up a Star Wars video on YouTube or something, and that 's what i 'll spend my time doing instead of actually getting to the point you know, working on on a video or mixing a song down you know, you start to procrastinate and as humans, you know, we kind of crave this sort of productivity. Mm -hmm. And when we don't have that, you know, that, I don't know. It's like, it's this weird draining thing. I don't know if you you, guys, you just, no bro. You just
0: described my entire life. Like I struggle with having days off, uh, especially Mm -hmm. from work. I do not know what to do with myself with all this time. And I also have a problem with like, uh, choosing what to commit that time to and i like this is the same reason i cannot like this is in the same way that people like binge watch netflix all day and they could be Mm -hmm. like yeah i watched two seasons of this show in a day i don't understand how people can do that because uh just the the idea of me finding a show that would interest me and that i'm willing to commit my time to like it almost feels like a like a job like oh man i I can't just casually watch one episode. I got to watch all 12. And then, yeah, uh, you know, and I have to do it in a certain amount of time. Or I like, what if I start something, you know, I want to be able to finish it. And if I can't finish something, then it's better that I don't start it at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I I feel like I need to be productive. And the minute that I'm not productive, I see it as like, A failure and it's really not because i need to i need to learn how to take time off i need to learn how to relax sometimes because you're not always going to be creative 24 7 like that's just how it is we feel like we should or or we get frustrated when like we can't think of like you know like uh, music ideas or song ideas or whatever but like the creativity will come when when it comes like you can't really force it but also at the same time you don't want to get you know lazy and not put in the effort so it's it's Mm -hmm. finding a balance to that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah that's that's something that i i had wanted to ask you because uh we're constantly fighting perceptions from the outside like My perception of you is like, and I think this is the perception that most people have of you is, oh, John, he's so good. He's so talented. You know, his band is awesome. Like, they're such good songwriters. Yeah. And so to hear you say that you struggle with being creative or you maybe have that self doubt about like the stuff that you write, I think is very surprising for people to hear that because your peers view you as one way when maybe that's not how you feel like internally.
2: Yeah.
1: Do do you feel that once you hit the stage that doubt goes away or does it still kind of linger there?
2: Oh man, that's such a Okay, so we did RGV Banditas Fest early this year, like in January I think. They they had their third fest or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um It was our first show back as a full lineup. Uh, We had just gotten uh, Manny in the band. Manny was in a few other bands,
1: was he not? uh,
2: Yeah, he does Prisca. That's his solo stuff. They used to be called Catharsis, and then he used to be in... what is it called? I totally forgot. Was he
1: in Deep the Tyrant. the tyrant. Damn, that tyrant. band was a badass,
2: dude. Yeah, they were good. Okay, dude, I've been I've been a big fan of Manny's since Catharsis, yeah, or, which man. was like he, in 2013.
1: He, he's been around for a minute.
2: Yeah, man, and just for him, to, for me to have him in the band is just like it's kind of crazy, you know. It's like if I were to, it's like if the biggest Pantera fan had Dimebag Daryl in his in his band. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I compared it to because I loved his music, man. I would always jam his EP all the time and um you know that that and, was and that seems like that such a me.
1: natural fit when you think about it. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really good person to be in that band. So y'all played this Bandita Fest?
2: Yeah, so we played Banditas Fest and it was our first show back we had um you know, sledge as our as our vocalist, he was new. He had never been in a band before. So there was, there was nerves, right? The, the initial nerves. We're trying out new gear. You know, I'm sure you guys have had it happen where your backtrack stuff doesn't work. So I had that All worry. All the time. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, I, I had that worry. It was our first time using backtracks at a show. I had, uh, we were using in-ears. So there was so much things that could go wrong. Uh, so there was a lot of nerves. Once I hit the stage, it was, it was like, dude, I'm going to fucking play my heart out. Um, I'm gonna play my heart out, and no, and I think I even posted it after we played. I was like, I played my heart out tonight, and nobody's ever gonna take that away from me. Right? You can take away my set time, you can take away the fact that maybe we screwed up or my gear, but you're not gonna take away the fact that I played my heart out tonight and I did my best. Now that sounds great, right? But afterwards, I was looking at the video, and if you guys, you guys have seen me play before, and sometimes like I, I, I move a lot, mm-hmm. right? I do things. And I get really sweaty and I move and I don't make the nicest faces. And, you know, like, it's just I just do a lot of weird things on stage. So watching myself uh, in the videos afterwards, you know, I'm the only one doing these things. So it's like, okay, and I'm not the smallest guy either. You know, I'm not like 180 pounds or whatever. I'm like 240 pounds jumping on stage. I'm 5'11". And I'm the only one doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: That actually reminds me of uh, our band, especially in those first few years, because uh, like, and it sounds so silly, but I mean, the presentation of your band is so important in like the, the perception of it, like the visuals, like it it was to the point where like Nick would move around a lot and our guitarist Rolly would move around a lot. And then maybe the rest of the band, not so much. So it'd be like half of the band on one side (laughs) is really into it. And then the other half is just like, I guess, concentrating on what they're playing and that doesn't work because if you're in the audience, like you want to see something that's visually appealing. So like, Mm -hmm you know, or, or the other, the other example is like, I watched some of those early videos of us and like, Everything was always out of sync. You'd have Roly jumping up on one part, and and then Chino on the other side is headbanging. And then when Chino is jumping on a part, Roly's on the other side headbanging. There was never, <laughs> nothing was ever synchronized. It was like, come on, like can we all get on the same page for at least one part? Like can we yeah. all agree that like on this part we're gonna do this or something?
1: And that's kind of how it's been with Fiends now. Is you know if, if you're gonna if you're gonna play with fiends, you're gonna be on stage, you need to fucking move. Like that's just the way it is. Fuck yeah yeah we, we can't have someone just stand still. And that's kind of how it's always been with us. So you know, even before we start playing, it's understood that hey if you're gonna if you're gonna jam with us tonight, you know you, you fucking you fucking move. That's just the way it is. And we haven't had any problems. we we've we've been f- pretty much fine the last five years or so maybe. But um, yeah, man, stage presence really is everything. So, so yeah, um, I, I, I get your frustration. I know we've probably played shows
0: together before, and like I didn't even realize it at the time, because what was your first band?
2: Okay, so I've been in a lot of, uh, in a lot of bands. Um, I guess the more, the more notable ones, uh, back in 2010, I was in a band called The
0: Skeptic. See, and we um, played with The Skeptic. And uh, what was the other band?
1: So we were burned this day and we played with a skeptic then.
0: Probably. This probably would have been, uh, would this have been like maybe 2012? I think he said 2010.
1: 2010, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so skeptic.
2: 2010 was a skeptic, yeah. And then uh, 2011 came, uh, I joined a band called Code 96. And I think that's the one where we played Carnage and Chaos Festival in San Benito with Burn This Day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
2: I was also that, in a band called Incendium. That was kind of like a Trivium ish. I remember that band. band name. We
0: we played some Hop Shop shows with Incendium. I don't know if you were in the band at the time, but I definitely do remember that band. What would you say are your like influences, especially during that time when you're first starting out those bands?
2: Oh, dude! Wow. Okay. So 2010, man. I was really into. I was barely. Uh, let's see. I was 14. Fifteen at the time that's right So
0: actually wasn't uh, wasn't uh was it code 96 weren't we're like wasn't everybody in the band like you know 14 15 year old like virtuoso players like that's what i remember about the band like these guys are really young and they're playing like almost like thrash metal type stuff
2: exactly yeah we were playing uh megadeth metallica songs we we're playing fucking iron maiden um judas priest so that i guess that's kind of like what my influences were early on you know 80s wave of heavy metal thrash mm-hmm. you know megadeth pantera those kinds of bands uh were my first initial influences it, shortly after um i joined the skeptic that kind of changed a little bit i started listening more to you know the 80s glam stuff so poison Motley Crue, some fucking um,
1: rap, you know.
2: There was this band some called,
1: winger. yeah, some real metal. Oh yeah, dude, sign me up, man. I'm gonna go listen to queens <laughs> Reich after this, man. I'm gonna party it up. Oh, with Jeff yeah, Tate. Dude. Jeff Tate's Queen, yeah, dude. So, Jet City Woman goes fucking hard, dude. It's a good song, man. <laughs> all right, sorry, sorry to interrupt, sorry. John. I just got, I got excited.
2: He That's, got, he got excited. No, it's drag. cool, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All those bands are great, man. So those were the those were those influences at the time uh shortly after that i got into avenge sevenfold bullet for my valentine uh those metalcore bands there wasn't too many uh modern bands in my roster at the time so that was kind of all i was listening to um and then i got introduced to trivium and that kind of changed everything for me so trivium changed changed guitar playing it changed songwriting mm-hmm. it changed riff writing um after that, you know, Lamb of God, Gojira, Devin Townsend, mm-hmm. um, like a whole other world just opened up, man. And it wasn't until 2014, 2015, where I heard because at the time, like 2012, 2013 was when Periphery was first started coming out. Right. Right. And I was like, man, I'm not with this. I'm not with this like high pitched singing uh i'm not with these guitar riffs i'm just not about it it's too much It's too much going on Uh, but it wasn't until 2015 where periphery released uh alpha uh, and omega the juggernaut album and they had four lights on one of them and i heard four lights and if you guys ever heard the song it's an instrumental it's like two minutes long and it's it's on eight strings and dude that the riffs in that song changed my life because i was like dude this is heavy this is Mm -hmm. a different sound that i hadn't heard before because you know you have Nolly on bass and you have the guitar tones that periphery is known for you have Nolly's bass tone and they just mix so well it creates like this huge instrument that's like to me at that time i had never heard anything like that before so that everything else after that is kind of history you know? that,
0: that that reminds <laughs> me like that was kind of my sentiment towards that band also like i wasn't really with it the 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 singing kind of I guess I just wasn't ready for it at the time. I remember that was kind of like a buzzworthy band during that time, especially when Periphery Two came out, and I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't think I'm with this. But then I heard the song Ragnarok, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I was okay, say, I get uh, it. Dude. Yeah,
1: that's the one that did it for me. Like I heard Ragnarok, I was like, All right, I think I'm on board. Yeah, I'm on board. Like, <laughs> but
0: prior to that, I was just so I was like, Ah. Eh. I don't think this is for me I heard that song I was like yep okay I get it so even like some of the influences that you're saying like in latter years are still guitar driven bands but in a different sense
2: you know definitely man guitar was such a a big part of my life uh, at that time and I I, I had picked it up because I mean I, I was in band and stuff you know I was playing saxophone and stuff but you know nothing was gonna get me chicks more than guitar <laughs> so i was like
1: <laughs>
2: it started it really started as a fallacy man and it was really like this thing that was just you know very ego driven at first but eventually yeah. i just i fell in love with the instrument man and, and it became it became me it was my personality like literally all of middle school and high school was guitar
1: <laughs> yeah that's cool man i um I don't know that I had the patience to, like, really sit down and, like, master the craft of playing guitar. I'm kind of just a casual player. player. Like, I'll just play some Blind Melon or something (laughs) on on an acoustic, and that that makes me feel pretty good. I'm cool with that, man.
0: (laughs) You really do like the idea of just showing up and doing your thing and then leaving. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, being a vocalist was, like, the perfect instrument for you because you just (laughs) you just show up when it's time to play and you do your thing and you don't have to tear down anything
1: it's great yeah
0: like my my favorite part is when we play shows and i'm taking the 20 minutes to tear down my drum set and try to fit it into the trunk of my car and nick is just uh Talking to the bands uh, right next to me, uh, talking about the set or talking about other people's bands and just, you know, being a social butterfly. Having
1: a good time. And maybe like, you should try it, Larry.
0: And I'm just like miserable because like I worked a 14 hour day and my back hurts and I just oh, want to go home. And then, and then like Nick will be, sometimes Nick will like ask, you know, like, can I help you with anything? And then he'll try and, god bless his heart he does try but he ends up just it's i'm better off doing it myself because he just does everything wrong <laughs> yeah I'm like no those stands don't fold that way it doesn't go like that just let me do it
1: see well, at just, least i try
0: yeah you did you did uh what gear would pulsives have like started out
2: so uh initially it was me uh joseph i don't know if you guys remember joseph he was our bassist for the yeah. longest time uh and Fernie, uh our drummer right and so neither of them were in the band anymore at this point sadly but you know things happened and i wish them nothing but the best mm-hmm. so uh we were all three of us were in incendium and at the time we we're kind of getting a little bit like uh upset with our vocalist at the time vocalist guitars uh because he started kind of calling out the crowd and shit and like you're at a metal show right <laughs> so you kind of expect the, the tough guy front man, you know mm-hmm. uh, attitude from certain people but this dude was like you guys are a bunch of fucking pussies and he would get but he would get upset because you know people wouldn't
0: move or whatever mm-hmm. bro, and that's you fine got, you got but, a crowd kill bro it's all about oh, crowd dude. killing bro That was the worst. Like I remember, we'd go to. Bro, the older you get, the less you're about that. Like, like sometimes I just want to go to a show just to enjoy the music, and then they're like, "Well, if you don't want to get hit, then don't come." Stay out of the pit.
1: Not not even stay (laughs) out of the pit. Like there'll be somebody on the like in the very (laughs) back of the of the venue, dude, just chilling. Like, in we'll what's supposed to be maybe. a safe zone. And you'll have this fucking guy who's a loser who's like, I'm going to go hit some people, man. I've been waiting to hit some people all day. I'm going to go hit some people. So, you know, like, the band starts playing, and it's a band that just plays, like, bar chords. Like, the same four bar chords. Dun, 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 dun. dun, dun for the whole fucking song. Yeah, I love that so, song. So that guy is just, like, hitting everybody. And then he'll find, like... Like a 14-year-old, 97-pound kid in the back just standing there watching with a, a Blink-182 t-shirt. And will go out oh. of his way to run over there and just punch some, this kid in the head. And he's like, what the fuck, man? This is the first like local show I've ever been to. And I got hit in the head by a 22-year-old guy wearing, I don't know, uh- <laughs> a, a Jesus piece shirt or something <laughs> you know
0: and then they wonder why no yeah. they wonder why nobody comes to the show how come there's only five people here
1: yeah it's like sorry man like if, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna get punched in the face like i'll i'll go to like i'll join an mma gym <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah man i I totally get that man freaking uh crowd killing was one of my pet peeves at, I hated at the very it. beginning
1: i hated it man i Ugh. you know and Going back to that vocalist at the time, um, you know, I get you want to be inter- as a vocalist, you want to be interactive with the crowd, but you also don't want to force it. You you want it to be an organic reaction from the crowd. It's one thing if I get up there and say, "All right, everybody, jump!" You know, and then the, 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 that's one thing.
0: You have to be secure with yourself and your band that and command the stage to the point where like you don't have to do that. If you can yep. grab their attention, they're going to do that on their own.
1: Yeah. And if don't and if, beg. Yeah. And if you don't, and if you don't grab their attention, then it just wasn't meant to be. It that's wasn't, just, me- that's just the way it is.
0: It, it either wasn't meant to be or you're not doing your job the right way. But don't ever, yeah. don't ever beg for it. Just let it happen.
2: So, See, and at that time, uh huh
0: at that time we did, we had
2: conversations with that guy and we told him, Hey man, like you got to calm this down. Like, um, you know, this is pretty insulting. Them isn't going to do us better. And it's quite embarrassing. You know, when you're like, Hey, fucking mosh or whatever, or fucking bang your head and nobody does it. And you're just like, fuck dude. <laughs> like, this is like, 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 like
1: it's what one, the fuck? Like if the, if the crowd is already reacting without you saying all that, then it's okay for you to be like, all right, everybody get in the pit or everybody bang your head. Cause like, everybody's already doing it. But I mean, yeah, but like if there's like nobody doing it and then you say it, then it's like, uh, it's like a fine Dude. line between cool and cringy. So, but I mean, was that the first band he was in by chance, maybe? Um, yeah,
2: actually, yeah, it was. So, I
1: mean, it was probably like a learning curve for for him too, man. You know, it, it's it's hard to say.
2: Yeah, well, it kind of sucks when you have that conversation with somebody and, like, they're just at the end of it, they're just like, Well, are you guys done?
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that on, that, 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 that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's just one, so one that, ear and that, out the other.
2: That's exactly what happened, man. So, I had you know, one day after a uh, rehearsal that we were having for a show we were preparing for, you know, I had uh, the guy left and me, Fernie, and Joseph stayed behind, and they're like, Dude, we can't do this with this guy anymore. And I was like, Me neither, man. We're like, well i just asked them, I was like you guys have my back on this and they're like yeah we have your back man let's do it we left and that's how Pulsar started man all right this is like february 2015 i think
0: we're gonna be winding down here but two things i i really wanted to i was excited to ask you about is uh the first being like what is the worst show that you've ever played or at least one of the worst shows you have to have at least a bad show oh shit which one do i fucking pick (laughs) (laughs) that's the best where you're like oh man we've had so many
1: and and if you can't and if you can't remember like or if you remember like later on like another one don't worry i'm sure you'll be back on this
0: i i keep telling you come back we we need to do just like another show of just like bad shows but from like other bands and get like their (laughs) input because like i feel like that's something we all can relate to i mean there's some bands where i'm jealous of because like i'll be like they probably have never had a bad show like every time i see them they're just they're just perfect and that's the interesting too is like actually you guys are probably one of those bands because every time i've seen you guys I'm always impressed.
1: I'm always like... Yeah, there's always something new. Even if y'all play like the same songs, like like if I see you one, like, well, I mean, I haven't seen you guys play in months because of COVID, but I mean, there was a period where we would we play in shows together all the time. So I'd see y'all play one month and then like a couple of months later, y'all would play pretty much the same set. Um, but little things were tightened up and that's because they were already tight to begin with. And but it showed, and I, I heard it because I remembered because I was thinking about man, they sounded this good last time. They sound even better today.
2: Wow, that's interesting that you say that because yeah, I mean for for me playing the same fucking we we literally been playing the same songs since 2015, mm-hmm. um, except for like maybe one or two that are maybe a year younger. Um, I guess you just never really get the perception that other people have on you watching you from from the other side. I guess.
0: I have mixed feelings on that, because on one hand, you can assume that everybody at this show has seen you previous times, but also Mm -hmm. at the same time, like for us, like we always make it a point not to play the same set twice. So even if we change out a song or two or maybe have a different intro, we try to make it a different experience every single time Uh, for the people that have seen us, you know, uh, a few different times. We don't want it to be the same thing um for those people that you know that have been following us so we try to make it a a special thing but i guess it goes hand in hand so if you can't think of a bad show or what was your worst show like do you have like maybe one of your favorite shows um i do i think well it does it uh does it have to be a show that
2: i played uh can it be a show that i attended why
1: not that's a good that's a good twist
2: cool so, one of my favorite shows that I attended was the Widowmaker Studios Hoedown.
1: Oh, yeah. That, oh, was, that was a good that one. That was a fun one. Was that Thirsty Monkey? Yeah, that was a fun that one. That was
2: the first time, the first time ever that I had seen Fiends.
1: Oh, really? Right. I, saw I, I you thought guys. that you had seen us maybe at the Hop Shop or something. Wow.
2: That, no, the first time I saw you guys was there at that at that uh, Hoedown show. And I remember because I had ran into Rolly and... Um, and Chino there at Guitar Center, they were buying strings.
1: Uh huh.
2: And then they, t- uh, I think they were wearing Fiend's merch at the time. And when I went home, oh, they would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went home and I looked at the flyers that was that were going around at the time, and that was it. And we're like, dude, fuck it. I, I remember I went with Fernie. uh We went to that show, dude, and that was the first time that I ever lost my cool at a show. But it wasn't like I got upset or anything. It was just you guys were just in it, man. You guys were going so hard at like during your set that I got super excited. And it was one of the first times that I was ever like actually physically jumping and like just enjoying music and enjoying it just flow through my body in a way that I just had never felt before. So that's one of my favorite shows because I like that changed a li- uh, the live show experience for me
1: wow thanks that's that means a
0: lot man. that is so that's so interesting that you mentioned that one because uh, uh that was a good one like that if one's... you remember that one was also i believe the rice and debut the, the show
1: the valley was there. the valley
0: Dithala. like that that lineup was pretty stacked and actually that's one of the first shows at least for for me personally because i feel like before that like we were we were not the cool band like i know like a lot of bands or people probably made fun of us because Mm -hmm. we were doing stuff that wasn't cool. Like we were, you know, we were being influenced inspired by like nineties new metal. And that's, that was not cool at the time. Or like we were doing all this different stuff. So like we used to be the band that like we would not talk to anybody. We we wouldn't talk to the other bands because nobody wanted to talk to us. We didn't know anybody. We were not friends with anybody. It's not,
1: it's not one of those things where we went there and, talked shit or even got online and talked shit it was one of those things we just went we showed up we had a job to do and we you know if anybody came to talk to us we were more than happy to talk to people but like we didn't go out of our way to to network and mingle we wanted to just our talking to be on stage that was like one of the first
0: shows that i felt like the camaraderie and like the kind of brotherhood that like a lot of those bands would the the music scene like especially in like that that period a few years ago like i feel like every band was tight with every other yeah. band
1: yeah it changed because we were cool with the valley we were cool with rice and we were cool with ithala and pulsus like came in after that and then you guys became part of our part of the crowd too i mean or, not part of the crowd but part of the that we were always playing shows together yeah. and we were and we were all cool yeah. with each other so it was it was not a unusual thing to see three out of you know five or six of those bands on the same bill and we were all cool and we were all friends and it was one, it wasn't one of those things where oh man fuck those guys or fuck those guys it was, no. it was, it was like oh man fuck yeah pulse is gonna go on oh fuck yeah i thought I was gonna play badass it's gonna be a good show or, or when people would ask us like to play
0: shows like if they name drop like you guys or they name drop one of those other bands oh yeah we'll do it
1: yeah we'll do it like like if we're gonna play like with bands that we know are tight and it makes sense. Like, yeah, we want to do it.
0: Like, I don't even know if that show's going to be good, but <laughs> Pulses is playing, so I want to see Pulses, so I'm down.
1: Yeah. So I mean, well, well, <laughs> that's so crazy. Well, that that makes you feel good, man. I really appreciate what you said there. I mean, that that was a really cool, fun show. I remember that show very well because the crowd that showed up that night was there to have a good time and listen to listen to music. Yes.
2: Yeah. It, it was massive too.
1: That was a huge like, crowd, oh. and it broke my it breaks my heart because. I mean, you were there. It was a badass crowd for most of those bands that played that night, and it's like, where are these people? All these shows every week, (laughs) like every other week. Why, why aren't these people coming out every night and having a killer time? So, I mean, it it just goes to show the potential that there is for these shows. But that show in particular was a really good one. In closing, like, what are your plans for Pulsus?
0: What do you have like in the works, like? what are you, what are you all going to be doing in these next few months
2: so uh like i mentioned earlier we have that one song already getting uh mixed and mastered uh actually shortly after the podcast is done we're having a meeting with the uh with the zodian studios to discuss the song uh literally since 430 since uh we made it here to mercedes we've been working on another song uh touching up the vocal parts for it you know and uh, trying to get a clear picture of where we're headed exactly with the song. We do have quite a bit of demos already, you know, saved in the bank. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be working on. Just trying to pump those songs out and, and get all that finished up. Um, I wouldn't say expect an EP or an album anytime soon. Cause I think we're going to be rolling with the singles uh, method for now. Sure. Uh, that's um, that's probably know, the, smartest videos, thing. That that's
1: the smartest thing to I, do right yeah, now. Yeah. That's, that's kind of been our mentality the last year and a half or so. And I, I think it, I think a lot of bands nationwide are doing that, and I think it just works better, in my opinion. Because that way you concentrate yeah. on one track, make sure it sounds as killer as it can, instead of writing an EP and knowing that there's probably one or two filler songs, for lack of a better term.
2: Yeah, it, it, I know exactly what, what you mean.
1: Um, I, I just wanted to know this, um, if you don't mind answering this question what would you say is like the overall mission statement or just um, message behind Pulsus? I mean, is there something in particular that the band is trying to convey, either musically or even lyrically? As far as
2: uh, a general idea behind... uh, Because, I mean, the lyric writing process is mostly handled by Jared. Okay. Um, Recently... Um, you know, Manny's starting to get a little bit more involved as well. So he's submitting his vocal demos and stuff like that too. So that's really cool. Six and vocals, and that and I think that's super cool. Generally, what we tend to, what Jared tends to write about, and we all kind of, you know, uh, we're more along the same page. is truth seeking. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, spreading spreading the truth, whether it be in the form of you know uh, a song or or uh, you know maybe an album artwork or a video. Uh, just trying to get more people to connect as well um, is another thing. We're all very, we're all very people loving uh, mm-hmm. people, I guess. We all, you know, have this um, sense of positivity and urge to spread that. Um, yeah. So I guess that's that's the general consensus behind the band. I'm kind of looking at the guys right now to see, you know, if, if they're on the same page, and it seems that they are. So that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> That's good, man. I'm, I'm glad that it seems like Pulse is, at a, is at a, a place where we're just kind of, you're kind of having just a, a rebirth of, of some kind. And uh, it's not That's even exactly that, I, I wouldn't even say it's exactly that. exactly what that means. Yeah, I I, I want to say that, but also it's not like you guys kind of fell off the face of the earth or anything. You guys have always been there and you guys have a solid product to begin with. So it's just cool that I'm I'm glad you guys are going this route. I'm expecting big things from you all, and I'm I'm happy that y'all are happy. (laughs) And uh, I can't wait to hear the new tracks, man. It's going to be killer.
0: Yeah, same, man. Like, can't wait to to hear the new stuff. Um, John, we want to thank you uh, for being uh, gracious with your time. And, um, yeah, I feel like we could talk to you all night. And we definitely need to have you on again, you know uh so we can just pick your brain and and talk more music but uh it's been fun man we we appreciate um having you on man and and you guys are like one of my it i could speak for nick like mm-hmm. you guys are one of my favorite local bands i'm always excited to see you guys play um whenever we play on the same bill i always make sure to e- either get there early or stay late just to see you guys like i've i brought friends you know to come see our band and they always say the same thing they're always impressed by your band and in a lot of cases they like your band more than they like our band you know and that's because they they came to see us uh so i i can't speak you know more about your band you guys are have a great thing a great sound so man we want to thank you for coming on this week
2: dude well thanks thank you guys for having me honestly uh I think the feeling is is mutual. You guys are one of my favorite bands uh, over here. And every time I, I put, on, I still jam the Witch House album uh, all the time. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite jams, although I hardly ever put on metal. But I, I do listen <laughs> to that when I need to, man. I do i do need to listen to that album every now and then so it's one of my go-tos for when i need a, a when i want to feel my little feel, you know what i'm saying when you want to
0: feel angry when do you want to feel <laughs> mad and frustrated yeah uh, no, that's killer uh that's awesome man um we'll do this again soon uh for for john for nick and myself this has been the fiends podcast we'll see you next week